Forgotten Liam versus Evil. So much has happened since the last time we were speaking to any in your ears. I would talk. I was ready at the end of the last episode. I had this whole big spiel to say about the coronavirus and had a whole big kind of skit to put out about the wheel of fortune and how you know the young guy comes down and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to spin the wheel. Fuck you, fuck your quarantine. I'm I'm going to I'm spinning the wheel." And they say, "Right, okay, here you go. You've got all this stuff. You've got quite a lot of no symptoms up there. You've got quite another wee things you can land on. Then there's one square that says death. So on you go. You spin it." And the fucking big idiot spins the board and then it comes up, no symptoms, carrier. And he's like, yeah, see, yes, nothing happened to me, I'm off out. Ah, oh, yeah, you're off out, but now that means, carrier, that means your 98-year-old granny needs to play the game and she doesn't have a choice. Come on down, granny! Only the difference is, her board is 95% death and she can't spin it very well, so on you go. And that's fucking all the idiots that are out partying and on the beach. That was, a, that was a great analogy. It was, and it was got even better, but then... The world has shifted for the better and for the real and for, you know, for hopefully good since the killing of George Floyd, which happened not long ago. Right. What is going on? Seriously, what what, what is 2020? It's a, a, a test. A test? Yeah. Guess what? We're failing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm failing. This, uh, everything that's happened. So, obviously, we, uh, for everyone listening, we weren't here last week. Uh, Nearly is kind of felt it was right to post any content. Or, really, apart from sharing the Black Lives Matters uh, kind of fund pages and ways you can help. Because both of us feel very, very strongly about this. And my, from my part of it, I went through my whole life, kind of see if it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. I don't. I don't really care. Out with my bubble, it's fine. Things can happen. I don't need to vocalise it. That's why I don't really say anything political. And I don't. I just. I'm in my own wee bubble. This is serious. I don't know what it is, but it's bust my bubble, and I am like extremely upset. And please, if you're like, just fucking show some compassion. We're all here together, and we're all breathing the same air be nice to each other show compassion and be fucking humans and stop proving that humans are actually the virus and the plague that we probably are the world is beautiful and we keep making an absolute rip roaring cunt out and the, the, there's a massive difference between Facebook friends and real friends and I've kind of seen that in the past two weeks where some of the shit that people is posting is mind numbingly stupid and I really hope that the people listening aren't the ones that are posting it and so far they are not yeah I've I've got feelings about the whole stuff as well um, there has been somewhat a, a seismic shift in the world civil rights movement and not before time and if you're even remotely connected to the world you'll be aware of the unlawful and unjust murder of George Floyd at the hands of the American police who exfixate him while he's well swish swish restraining swish swish Restraining them. I work in an environment where I need to use violence reduction techniques, which uh, are, can be described as restraint. Now, it's, it's named in certain ways because it's supposed to be the least restrictive uh, alternative and not punitive in any way. Uh, anyway, uh, not once have we ever been taught to kneel on a person's neck. We don't even use pain mm. compliance movements because they're not needed. 
The anger felt in America and then further around the world was not only because of this murder, but because of the amount of similar murders against people of colour at the hands of the police. When the world started kicking out and making the Black Lives Matter movement front page news again, we've seen a few things. Some people joining the fight and some people refusing it. Somebody in my Instagram posted, if you question my support for Black Lives Matter, go read Martin Luther King's Why We Can't Wait and then come back to me if your opinion hasn't changed. And this was the first reference to reading material that I've seen at that point. There's been more books told for people to read before then, but I never questioned her support for the movement at all and I agree with everything it stands for, but I wanted to educate myself as much as possible, so I bought it. When I started reading, it felt like it could have been written today. That was one of the starkest points I've taken from it so far. I don't even think that I'm anywhere near finished it because you all know how slow a reader I am. Um, I want to talk a little about people who stand against the movement or think it's a conspiracy of some sort. Well, I do agree racism kind of was created throughout the years to keep people in line and in classes, keep us fighting each other so the people above the top stay on top and keep making money. But to suggest that the, the world wants to not be racist anymore is all planned to divert attention away from Hillary Clinton being on trial? You're a fucking moron. People who share YouTube conspiracies and tell others to wake up and stop being sheep, you're being a fucking sheep. Just because you choose to believe a different story, YouTube research isn't a fucking research. And all you're proving here is that confirmation bias exists. None more so in the clowns that share that Candace Owens post, the black girl that doesn't agree with Black Lives Matter or about George Floyd saying he's not a martyr and he was in fact a criminal. I shared a post today of a black man dismantling all her arguments and proving that she is in fact proving systemic racism exists. A lot of white folks sharing her video, that's all I'm saying. Now, let's talk about all lives matter, right? That statement is now full-on racist. If you say it and you didn't know and someone explains to you why it's bad, or there's plenty of well-written memes and comics out there explaining it, if you see these and you don't learn, grow and change your thinking, then you're admitting that you're a racist. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. My experience with white, white privilege is definitely evident the time that I once uh, told a black guy from Chicago that I met him when he was travelling uh, to his mate in Amsterdam that I didn't think racism was that bad anymore simply because I hadn't directly experienced it. And I'm not, like, and he, uh, and, and it's not, not even, like, the loudly shouting, fighting, angry, violent racism, like the small microaggressions that even sitting on the train, same train carriages where it's happening, I, I don't even notice. And that's the kind of things that that man kindly discussed these issues with me, and I listened, and I learned. Also, growing up in a small village in central Scotland, there were lots of uses of the C word and the P word, now, these have lessened as time went on. Very quickly, I might add from my family, we didn't say it in my house at all that I can remember after me being maybe five or six. But um, before, we still hear these uh, these comment, these names being used from time to time. Uh, a lot more so now, actually, just reading screenshots of people's Facebook comments and whatnot. A lot of them out there. But before the recent movement, uh, I was already telling friends and work colleagues that they were wrong for using these terms, not to blow my own self-righteous trumpet, you know, can't bend that way. Um, we had a shop, Martin, ran by Mindy, his brother Sonny, and their mum and dad. When I was about 16 or so, somebody kept spray-painting KKK in the shutters overnight. Now, Alton's a small place. You could have asked anyone back then, and you would have probably got a list of about two or three people that would definitely have paint in their hands, but nobody said anything. And Mindy and his family sold the shop to the spa and they moved away. And the spa opened up and we all just went back to doing our shopping. And that's my experience with white privilege. That something so targeted and hateful happened right in front of my eyes to people I knew and liked and I said nothing. The whole white village said nothing. And that awkward problem of saying nothing went away when the P family went away. And the people obviously just assuming they were from Pakistan as well, which is another problem with that word. Mm-hmm. But that feeling is changing now in me, in you and in the whole world. There are a lot less racists in the world than you think. It's just that they've been the loudest up until now. 
Now the righteous people are speaking out and not standing for the blatant acts of racism, standing with people of colour and using their white privilege for good. Now, to end this serious message, I now want to talk about you, the listener. Now, Liam and I have discussed this part off air and we're both in agreement. We, Scott and Liam vs. Evil, a podcast brand public speakers, albeit to a small audience, but an audience nonetheless, we stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. We hope you do too. If you're listening to us right now and you disagree with our standpoint and what we're saying right now, then we ask you to stop listening, unsubscribe, remove yourself from our Facebook group, my flick chat, and anywhere else you might interact with us. Before you go, we urge you to read and educate yourself. Listen, grow, learn and change. And you'll be all the better for it. I would like to say that the people who actively interact with us on all social medias, you've all been great during this issue and no one has outed themselves as a racist and we hope that continues. Scott and Liam vs. Evil supports Black Lives Matter. We absolutely abhor any form of racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, any level, be it systemic or individual. Equality for all. We love everyone and hate everyone equally. No justice, no peace. And happy Pride Month, people. Welcome to Scott and Liam vs. Evil, episode 124. I'm Liam. And I'm Scott. And that was one of the most well-written, well-worded uh, opening statements I've ever seen, and I really wish I'd written something down now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, the most serious I think I've ever been in my uh, life. It had to be said. We're, we're we're both we're both feeling shocking, uh, like shocked at what's happening in the world, and uh, I think to not see it would be way way worse. Yeah. So. Uh, but let's get into something that's a bit more light-hearted, a bit more upbeat, a bit... Just like, let's, let's take our mind... Not take our mind off it, but distract ourselves for this one hour. Uh, so we uh, put up to the group a few weeks ago that it was a shortlist of movies that were not horror, that means Scott just kind of wanted to watch or light or just thought, fuck it, this'll be a laugh. Like yeah. the Nick Cage movie where yeah. he plays a hunter on a boat. Yeah, because it was going to be the last group poll for a while. Yeah. The, I can't remember what the shortlist was, but it was a close, close battle down to the last second. In fact, down to the last hour after the last second, because Neil Ray's checked who won at the close of the poll, <laughs> which says everything about myself and Scott. Uh, so, well, it was a draw between my cousin Vinny and The Running Man, which I can guarantee right now you have never heard discussed together on a podcast. Ever. <laughs> this is the first time, maybe the only time, you'll ever hear these movies being discussed unless we start a trend and this becomes a thing that everyone sees the the relationship between Arnold Schwarzenegger and The Running Man and Joe Pesci and my cousin Vinny. thing so, is, we tasked ourselves we... Task ourself with, with uh, finding a link between these two seemingly random movies and do you know what? See when we get to the end, I think we found one. Do you think so? I think so. You, well, I think I found one. I can't wait to tell you. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it because <laughs> I, I did not find one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, should we play the trailer? Yes. Uh, so, what it is, we'll go My Cousin Vinny first because yes. uh, I think that was actually the first suggestion in the shortlist because of, uh, anyone that's listened knows Scott has a full on chub for My Cousin Vinny uh, and the movie. My cousin Vinny's actually quite a handsome guy. Uh, so my cousin Vinny's from 1992. Uh, the synopsis is two New Yorkers accused of murder in rural Alabama while on their way back to college, calling the help of one of their cousins, a loudmouth lawyer with no trial experience. Uh, it's directed by Jonathan Lynn. It stars Joe Pesci. It star- stars Ralph. Cannot pronounce that. Karate Kid. Uh, Ma- and Marissa Tomei. Macho, no? 
Is it Machio? Or like Machio, like Macchiato. That is, I thought it was, I thought it was Machio, but it is. because I think that, I know that that's most likely wrong. <laughs> uh, so it starts Karate Kid and Marissa Tomei, who actually won Best Supporting Actress Oscar for this. So here is the trailer for My Cousin Vinny. A funny thing happened to William and Stanley on their way to college. At what point did you shoot the clerk? They got framed for murder. Whoa! Wait a minute! Now, two kids from New York are in deep trouble. It's time to make your phone calls. The clan's here. They're in bread. They sleep with their sisters. In the deep south. Some of them do. And only one man can save them. You need to call an attorney, a great attorney. He's not your typical hero. We got an attorney in the family. Great, who? He's... My cousin Vinny. You stick out like a sore thumb around here. Oh, yeah, you blend. You graduated from law school six years ago. What have you been doing since? Studying for the bar. That's a lot of studying. What's this over here? You never heard of grits? Sure. I just actually never seen a grit before. It's his first case. Now, they're not telling you dress appropriately. You were serious about that? The way you handled that, Judge. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. It's their last chance. The two youths. Did you say youths? Yeah, two youths. What is a youth? But with Vinny's style, I wore this ridiculous thing for you. And Vinny's girlfriend. We agreed to get married as soon as you won your first case. My biological clock is taken like this. And the way this case is going, I ain't never getting married. They're dead meat. May I have permission to treat Ms. Vito as a hostile witness? You think I'm hostile now? Wait till you see me tonight. Joe Pesci is my cousin Vinny. You two know each other? Yeah, she's my fiance. Well, that certainly explains the hostility. And The Running Man uh, from 1987, directed by Paul Michael Glazer and obviously starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, the synopsis that in a dystopian America, a falsely convicted policeman gets his shot at freedom when he must forcibly participate in a TV game show where convicts runners must battle killers for their freedom. Uh, and here is a trailer for The Running Man, which I, sh- I am positive is going to be incredible. <laughs> In the year 2017, an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice. Hard time or prime time. Sensational. Perfect contestant. I want him. He must pay or play the running man. On your mark! I'll be back. Go! The highest rated TV show in history. Guess they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. Give you a lift. Arnold Schwarzenegger is. The Running Man. He's playing for a prize. The prize is his life. How about the life? The Running Man. 
Uh, aye, so do you want to just... What do you want to do? Do you want to just jump between the movies? Do you want to discuss one at a time? Or do you want to just let it, as all episodes, just let this chaos... Yeah, just run? let it descend into chaos. Let's just say we're going cool. to discuss both of them at once and then we'll end up just... Uh, I'll just go line by line in my notes anyway. We'll be here for about three and a half <laughs> hours, so we may as well just get started. <laughs> my cousin Vinny, though, I want to talk about that first because that was one of my picks in the poll. And um, I, I just love the movie. It's probably in my top five all time. It's definitely in my top ten. The only thing... Top, yeah. Really? Top ten of all time? It's definitely mm-hmm. in my top ten of all time. It's probably in my top five. Top ten all movies or top ten horror comedies? <laughs> I mean, the idea of being falsely uh, imprisoned and facing the death penalty is uh, is, is horrific. <laughs> the, amount is. Hor- the amount of horror elements in that. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that to begin with, um, fucking his, his pal thought he was going to get um, raped, which is also horrific. That's an incredible scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's either me or them, but you're getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> the the only thing that I thought, and this is before watching it, take notes that's always kind of puzzled me, is is the apparent age difference between Vinny and Mona Lisa. It appears to be slightly unbelievable. Like he is very much punching above his weight. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the only sticking point I think I've got for this movie. Just that he's punching? I think so. But then he's also got, like, like chat, so maybe maybe he could. I I think he would understand it more, maybe, if he, if he had a bit of cash, or he was a bit flash, you could understand the age gap. But as it is, uh, it does seem a bit weird as to why Marissa to me would be climbing onto that horse. Unless she's older than she is, and she just looks really uh, good for I her think- age. I think she was late twenties when uh, this came out, and Joe Pesci was late forties. Yeah. I say I think I read that on IMDb, so I know. I love that. I introduced facts as I think, and I introduced nonsense as this is fact. <laughs> so now that you know that, that's my code. Enjoy. The uh, do you know? Think Ralph uh, Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid, should have been in more movies. I feel as if he should have been in a lot more movies. Was he in anything between Karate Kid and then obviously hitting puberty and then this? Well, there's a good one called Crossroads. Not the Britney Spears movie, but a good kind of blues but that's, movie. But that's also, that's also good and well yeah. worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, but the one, Crossroads, it's got... Uh, it's either Steve Vai or Joe Satriani in it playing the guitar at the end. It's like the devil. You sell your soul to the devil at the Crossroads to be good at the blues guitar. Right. So it's quite... It's, it's, it's good. It's worth watching. Um, I, I just I just love this movie. Like I, do, I fully do. Like it's it's perfect from start to finish. Every scene is exactly what it's supposed to be. Every bit of dialogue is exactly what it's supposed to be. It just lets you know. And every bit of every bit if then it starts that happens at the beginning foreshadows everything that happens in the third act when when he starts to properly win. And it's like even the small things that they don't make proper like attention to. Like you know, like at the when they first get arrested and they go in the lineup and it's like. It's such a mismatched. It's like fucking tall guys, really short guys, big fat white guys, and then you've got the two clear New York guys just standing. Like there's no a lineup supposed to be like people who all look similar, so you definitely pick out the def- like it's you know that that's definitely the one. Yeah, that's just like you know showing you like two red spots on a white wall and saying pick the colours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's it's yeah, uh, it's great. But they don't. That's just like something to say that you're just supposed to pick up without even noticing it. And I just love movies like that. When was the first time you watched My Cousin Vinny then? 
Now, it was a while ago, but I would have been a grown adult. I feel as if it's one of the ones that my dad, like, when it was coming on the telly, my dad would say, oh, this is, this is really good, watch this. Mm-hmm. And then you watched it, or you still waited till you were older? <laughs> no, no, I watched it. I watched <laughs> it, and, uh, and then loved it. I just like, instantly loved it. I think when you first see My Cousin Vinny, and you see Joe Pesci in it as a gangster, and Karate Kid, you instantly think it's going to be like a, la- like a, a daft comedy, like a, a kind of Will Ferrell slapsticky nonsense film yeah like like comedy that's not realistic to real life in situations that aren't realistic yeah yeah. like where these characters are way stupider than you would get away with in real life obviously real life has shown us that characters in real life are actually way stupider than anything we've ever seen in film but that's what you're expecting but then when it gets into the end of the movie and it's all the all the the courtroom and the the lawyer procedure is all so accurate. It's like watching To Kill a Mockingbird. It's all, it's, it's real. And that's, that's not right for a comedy. Yeah. I don't, well, I say that's not right as if I don't enjoy it. I fucking love this film. But I mean, you're not expecting that. That's totally off kilter, which I think adds to it and would then put it in your top 10, which surprises me. But I think maybe one day we should actually, I say one day, we should maybe take the next two months and work out our top 10s. Yeah. Like I I was always wanted to try and work out my top ten. But do you know what? To even to think that this movie won an Oscar. I know. So I did not know that until today. That's like you you wouldn't think that this is the type of movie that would even get considered for an Oscar. But that's there you go, and it's it rightly so as well that it won. But like this this is a is this is a fantastic movie. It's so well written, so well written. Even just you know like the misunderstandings with the sheriff when the first interview when he's like he's when he thinks he stole a can of tuna he's like ah no nah, it just happened you know like just just happened and he's like okay so which point did you shoot the clerk i shot the clerk yes i shot the clerk and then when it's read back in court he then said i shot the clerk and it's like it's just totally <laughs> out of context and it's so bright because they're doing everything they can to pin it on them but also like you say it's real life because when they realize that they're actually in the wrong they don't kind of try and twist it further they just say oh, fuck, right, okay, we were wrong, drop the charges. Do you know what I mean? And, and the sheriff even helps Finney at the end like to go and search the, the car and stuff. So they're not, yeah. it's not like a full vendetta. Like the, I think that it, for a, for the for the most point, these people just generally did believe that these were the two boys. Yeah. And they it, thought it, that the evidence is there. It wasn't, as much as it was, as much as they were definitely going to get the death penalty and as much as they were, like, there was nothing they could do to convince them because they were innocent, there was nothing to do to convince them. They also had a lot, a lot of evidence to say that it was them that done it. So, like, there was never anything other than kind of city and state miscommunications mm-hmm. that 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 was that was unbelievable in this whole movie. It's quite clever the way it does that. Actually, where the whole way through it, you're thinking, "Oh, these are these are silly southern hicks uh, try to frame it on these guys and all that, blah blah." And at the end, it's like, actually, no, it's just a, a wee quiet town, and they were think they were believing exactly what they seen. Yeah, so it it doesn't affect a movie. It doesn't offend anyone. Yeah, either. Although it might seem that way. I think. My favorite part is obviously the judge is played by Fred Gwynn. Yeah, Herman Munster. Herman Munster. Yeah. <laughs> and my ultra ultra favorite part of the movie is at the very end when he waves and everyone's waving. He's actually doing the Herman Munster wave. Yeah, really? I didn't really notice that. Yeah. And it was his last feature film. Yeah, and, and that uh, makes me that makes me so sad. <laughs> that was Herman Munster. Waving goodbye to us all <laughs> for the last time. How sad is that? That's quite sad, yeah. Poignant. Uh, uh, what's your favourite But Or do I jump to the running man? And then we'll go back to my cousin Vinny and let's just keep 
batting this back and forth until we get to which I can't wait for your Lincoln theme between yeah. the Running Man and my cousin Vinny. Right, the Running Man. Uh, Running Man. So you've obviously seen Running Man before. Yeah. Uh, and it's written by Stephen King. Yeah. The novella. I can't remember what he's written. It was written as Richard. It was one of his uh, Richard Bachman. Right, I've never, I've never understood that. See, unless you're actually coming out, like, right, see if I wrote Mein Kampf, I obviously wouldn't release it under Liam Rafferty, I'd release it under a pseudonym. But see if you're writing The Running Man, it's not offending anyone, it's no, it's not a thing that you might get stick for. I think, Why release it under a pseudonym? I think there's probably two potential schools of thought. Potentially he could have went to his publisher and said, right, I've got this, this book, this idea, it's a futuristic story of a, like a dystopian future when it's a you know the game show where people are, are murdered and it's like just off the back of him writing like Carrie or, or it or something and the public says no nah, people people like things that are set here and they like clowns and they like you know they like this supernatural scary they don't like futuristic sci-fi stuff or it could have been that Stephen King says fuck man this is getting boring like I can literally write about anything and people are going to buy it I need to test mm-hmm. myself again and see if I'm actually as as good as people think I am, so I'll write and people, people won't know it's me and see if it still does well. Because he did keep it, apparently, according to IMDb, when they bought the rights to this story, the studio didn't actually realise it was Stephen King because obviously it wasn't his name that was on it. So they bought the rights because of the story. So maybe it was just a, I maybe it was a wee test for him. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if, I, if I, I'm genuinely a good writer or if it is, um, I'm writing my, the kind of, coattails they carry yeah well because i i believe there was a lot of um i might just be this might be one of those facts that we make up but i think he had a bit of imposter syndrome at the start because he couldn't get carry published and he used to throw it in the bin and his wife used to bring it back out and say no this is this is a book you can get it done and he did never believe in himself so maybe it is like got that far that he started to think more let me go back to the start and try again mm-hmm. yeah that or it's like that family guy joke when he's like at the the pitching the story well maybe it's like uh, this lamp it comes to life and, uh, and he's like <laughs> you're not even trying anymore <laughs> uh, J.K. Rowling done the pseudonym thing as well. Yeah, but she's she also to, uh, a transphobe. Yeah. So I was going to say, but she can get in the fucking bin. Yeah, fucking J.K. Rowling. She's a Tory as well, uh, so she's already she's been in the bin for ages. I see. I think a, a good post. It was like uh, Harry Potter and the audacity of this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was a book. Uh, so the Running Man. I I, I, I love the Running Man. Yeah, uh, like Waterworld. Uh, Police Academy Ace Ventura I think that's probably it it's movies that I watched again and again and again as a kid and it was usually on like a Sunday night before school so sometimes it gives me bad feelings but then it's so heartwarming because I'm like oh actually when I was living like as a child times are way better <laughs> uh, and I just, I've always loved The Running Man I think it, it is so good and Arnie is same as Commando. You can't not like Commando. You can't not like Predator. It's yeah. impossible. He's just that character again, isn't he? He's just what he is. Oh yeah, he's never guy. he's never played any different ever. Even as the governor of California, he was still the Arnie that you see in all the movies. His best movies, obviously, Jingle All the Way. I right, I've I've started my notes for this one with it opens with the TriStar logo, and that's a trip down memory lane right there. And I thought to myself. Oh. Yeah. What is the try that one? Is that the horse? Yeah, the horse, yeah. And it comes out. Do 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 I don't know if I just joined DreamWorks and 
20th century fox all in together there, but I think that's something we're getting in the, the horse, the Pegasus comes out. I thought, whatever happened to that company? But it turns out they're actually still going. In the last 10 years, they've done a bunch of movies, but the only ones that I recognise were Evil Dead Remake, Baby Driver and Transporting 2. So those movies are actually quite big. I take it they've changed the, the intro then? I don't know if they're, as, they're uh, currently if they're a prominent company anymore. So I don't know if they're like the biggest intro. They just get like a, the, the logo. Like it's like the first one comes up. Mm-hmm. That's the big deal. And then they just get like a maybe triangle with the Pegasus in it. Bit. Um, I had to like see to begin with, like this is supposed to be 2017, right? Because <laughs> there's a lot of reading that's that fucking shit ton of reading. So, but we're as like a uh, supposed to be around 2017, so we're obviously we're way past that in actual real life. But in terms of like the dystopian future, we're almost there. Art is censored, but murder is the top game show on TV history. Okay, I believe you. Do you remember the game or the game show? Where a bit of this, where in this you've got to climb a ladder to get away from dogs to get money, but there was a game show where you had to run away from f- ferocious attacking guard dogs. Yeah, really. What was it called? Is that what it was? Yeah, but it was do you great. remember that? Yeah, because it was. A, it started off as like a Halloween special, and you had to go through and do like three or four creepy, fucking scary tasks in the woods, and then at the end it would depend how much time you had in front of the dogs to run and catch the bag of money. Right. I remember watching it one night, but I don't remember what... They, they did keep the dogs away from them, didn't they? Yeah, they, like they, were, they were separated they were just by like, a fence. Like, yeah, no, they were, they were training attack dogs, and they had you, you put on the kind of padded arm, so they just they just grabbed your arm and pulled you to the ground. It'd be fucking terrifying if you are doing the run, but the dogs weren't actually going to hurt you. I see, yeah, in my head, I've got it that the dogs actually could kill you. And that's how I'm like, why did... No wonder they stopped that programme. And I was like, obviously that isn't actually the case. Ask Scott what actually happened in the game show so there was, I wonder why they did stop it though. I don't know why Animal it, it wasn't a, a full on like show forever because see some of the tasks there was a fucking terrifying task where like people you had to sit in the dark in the middle of the woods and the lights all went off and then there was like somebody that was like creepy dolls like singing to you and then like when the lights kind of flashed on there would be somebody standing there like like Samara for the ring with hair all over her face and all that fucking scary shit that but been... that's not that's scary because you know it's coming. You, you're you're doing that knowing that you're going to get scared on a task. The yeah. dogs are scary because obviously dogs can't fully be controlled. It's like if a monkey ran after me, ah, it's quite cute, but it's also fucking terrifying because a monkey will rip my face off. <laughs> you could just kick a monkey. Then. You kick a monkey, will rip your fucking leg off as well. How big is it? How big is a monkey? It depends what one's chasing me. If it's like a week. Uh, I call them cappuccino monkeys because I don't know the actual name. It's like capuchin. Uh, I, you could probably kick one of them, but I think it'd still be quite wily, especially if it picked up a tool. But if it was like an orangutan or a chimpanzee, that leg's coming off, man. It's going, it's going to actually beat you dead with your own leg. <laughs> that would be a good game show. Mm. I can think of a lot of people right now that I would love to be the contestants. Yeah. And, and the aim of the game is to not win. <laughs> Bring yeah, back yeah. the Coliseum. Yeah. That's um, what we need to bring back. Yeah, I mean, well, this, this did predict that this would be happening at this time anyway, didn't it? So. Did you recognise the guy from very near the start of this? He's like the bodyguard of the the game show host. The foreign guy? Yeah. I IMDB'd him after I watched it, but is, was he a wrestler? No, he was uh, Lafos. And Mulrats, remember the security guard that they, like, Kevin Smith flies in is it, in a Batman suit and tries to steal his hat? No. Have you seen, you've seen Mulrats? Yeah, once. Yeah. Alright. Oh, Not really a Kevin Smith ago. fan, to be fair. Alright, well that is a 
do you know what? I would be really upset at that if you had said it before I watched the newest Jane Sant Bob film. But after watching that, I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Because yeah. that was shit. Uh, so yeah, that's who that was. The uh, Fireball, is that a NFL player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's also uh, in Mars Attacks. So he is? Yes. And uh, Jesse Ventura is also in this, who was a wrestler. And also a governor. There's two governors in the mm. running man. But he also um, grew a skullet when the IMD beam is <laughs> he looked he did not age well that man. Yeah, Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Do you know they used to call him Jesse the Body Ventura because he was a handsome man, he had a nice fit body. <laughs> I like eighties body. That's true. No, it was oh eighty. Have you seen an eighties wrestler's body? Yeah, it's just all that sucked in belly and pushed at chest. No man, you've got eighties wrestlers. Go and Google fucking Sid Vicious. Or, in fact, Hulk Hogan. Have you seen Hulk Hogan standing next to like a normal person? Hulk Hogan was fucking huge in the eighties. Obviously, it was all steroids, but mm. steroids and white racist hate. <laughs> uh, Do I know what eighties uh, movies gave me? What an unrealistic expectation of what it would be like to get in a fight. <laughs> Did you ever? Did you ever get in a fight uh, once? And just think, fuck, this is not. <laughs> this is not like it is in the movie. Did you try and fight your way eighty style out of a fight? No, no. Just kind of fell over a couple of classroom desks, and then teacher broke us up. All right. Why? Do, why the fuck would you fight with the teacher there? No, the teacher was coming in the class after we started fighting, but it was all very kind of quick, Cartman. All right. This um. Movie's got good head trauma, very good head trauma as well, and it's got its 18 rating in the first five minutes. I think that's why I like it. I think you see, right? Do you know what? We should do that over the next months, whatever. It doesn't matter. Let's do our top ten, like a proper top ten or twenty. Let's do twenty because there's no way ten will be too hard. Let's do twenty. Uh, no, but if you're going to do, if you're going to do a top twenty, you need to, whatever's ten to one is going to be there. So just don't tell me the twenty to eleven. I know, but there'll be movies that I really, really, really want to mention, and then there'll be movies that I want to mention more. But I can't then just mention the movies and not mention the other ones because I'll no, I'll no get to sleep. So, what are you talking like movies of all time or horror movies? No, all, all, movies of all time. Right. Because it's going to be quite fucking hard. Because if you think about how many movies you've ever seen, uh, yeah, let's just leave it totally open. Also, if anybody listening wants to do it. That's what we should aim for for like Christmas. So do like the top ten of your year, and then the top ten of all time. Because it's going to take a long time. We need to watch a lot of Waterworld to make sure that I definitely <laughs> want it in my top three. <laughs> right. Well, I'll get on that then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually. I had started a point, went on to the top ten thing, and then forgot my point. So I might come back to it if I remember. Well. My point currently here is that the theme tune, the, the kind of score to this movie, is iconic. It reminds me of the Shinra building section of Final Fantasy VII. Are you is that the new one that's just been remade? I've, Sorry, well, I is assume, that one the remakes just came out? I assume the music is the same as the original. I haven't played the remake because I do not have a PlayStation. Ah, okay. I have no other questions about Final Fantasy. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> the, the once he like he escapes from jail. Mm-hmm. And he, they, you see this kind of these outside TVs telling the population what to believe and how to stay in line. It's kind of like the government briefings right now for the pandemics. Except the ones on this film actually all seemed 
kind of quite legit. Mm. Like they knew what they were talking did, about. Did you know who the person was that was telling them what to do? What to do on that big screen and before they met the um, kind of homelessy people standing outside? Is it the voice of Squidward from SpongeBob? <laughs> it's not. Is it not? The the woman on the screen. All oh, right, no, the guy that does the vo- the voiceover of like, see the the. Imagine X Factor voice guy. Right. The guy that does those voice bits is the guy who's the voice of Squidward. Oh really? Yeah, I tried to jump it. I jump fact you there. <laughs> I didn't know that fact. Failed. However, the woman who's on the, the big screen outside when they first go down into the kind of slums is uh, the one and only Lynn Shea. Almost uncredited, it was like a very early role, and she doesn't have her iconic voice, but you can just tell it's her. I mean, it's her face, and I only knew that because I was IMDb. She doesn't have her iconic yeah. voice. She was, didn't get that installed until yeah. she was forty. I uh, I was IMDb in like the cast, and I seen her in it. I was like, who the hell is she? And I had to go back and check, and I was like, oh, that's her. Oh. Yeah. Just looking through my notes, by the way, subs, uh, not sub zero. I sub zero was also a wrestler, mm. Professor Tanaka. So that, as usual, I start out with a false fact. I uh, I often wonder in these depictions of dystopian future, right, when the economy has collapsed and whatnot, how do the bad guys still make lots of money? Uh, Weird, eh? Doesn't, it doesn't make sense. doesn't yeah. make sense. Um, also, Captain Amazing's workout is very Mr. Motivator, and almost exactly like that workout trope that can be uh, put to any tune with a 4-4 time signature. You know that one with the, the folk in the spandex are dancing? Yeah. That's what his workout video was like. Who was your favourite? Are all the the hunters? Mm. Right, mine's is definitely Dynamo. Probably Bonesaw, I think. Bonesaw? <laughs> Dynamo is just a big pussy man. I, I know, but he's the what? I but he's the one that. In his fucking car, he was just greeting. But see, uh, right? He's also a rapist. Wait, I'm gonna explain. If you fucking give me two seconds, I'll explain why he's the one I would want. I Dynamo, because he's the only one that my ghost would be uh, really embarrassed about. So I would still be in this world as a ghost because I'd be raging about my death. Whereas the rest of them, I'd actually, like, I know I'm going to get caught immediately in this game. And I'm going to die out whoever comes out first. But, Buzzsaw, Fireball, they could kill me and it's fine, I'm going to die and that's it, I'm gone. If Dynamo kills me, I'm embarrassed and I'm walking this earth forever. (laughs) Embarrassed for my death. So I dare, therefore, live on in eternity. So Dynamo. Really? Because he 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 is the fucking worst catcher. Oh, what is his car all about? Absolutely, it's a wee fucking stupid go kart. <laughs> I think it was just to sell act, like fucking action figures and toys. Because I would probably have, as a kid, I would have looked at that and went, "That is cool as fuck. It lights up." Yeah. Obviously, also as a child, I wouldn't really want a running man action figure because I shouldn't have seen the running man as it's eighteen. Never mind. It's a. Uh... But see, when you think about it as well, like as much as like Dynamo was absolute shite, right? Captain Fantastic was also shite when he sent in at the end with his fucking big tinfoil suit. <laughs> like that was just that's just inconvenient. You lose quite a lot of uh, water retention in that though. Also, to talk about like all the kind of chasers are somewhat practical, and like Dynamo's obviously daft; he's just driving about in a car, right? But. Uh, Flamer or what was his what was his name? Fire, fireball. Fireball. Fl- 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 <laughs> yeah. He's got a jetpack. That doesn't exist. Didn't exist then, doesn't exist now. I but uh, as their vision of what it would happen in two thousand seventeen, and to be honest, in like fucking two thousand four I would have been convinced that we would have jetpacks by two thousand seventeen. Hmm. We do have jetpacks. Aye, but not that good ones. 
No, we, we do have them. It's just they're not widely available to the public. Because can you imagine, can, with everything that's happening now, can you imagine what it would be if everybody had fucking jetpacks? <laughs> Christ. There's a bit in the movie where they, when they cut to the odds... Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is a hundred to one. Yeah, yeah. Skill. When they put after, after his, he, I saw it after he's killed three people in rapid succession. Yeah, and then she—that's when the real woman says he's got to kill the next person, and the folk outside just put him up at a hundred to one. Huh? Thing is, how are they keeping track of those bets? They're just fucking shouting stuff and just handing money over with knee slaps. There's no way that's a fucking fair system that's happening. But I think that see, like in America, certain sports and stuff, I think that is how they gamble. I've seen that in other movies and I, I don't I don't understand it. I need to have the app so I can track my bet and cash out just as like right just before I lose. So at least I still save like twelve pence. Yeah. And then I can add that to an accumulator in like fucking ten weeks when I've got enough. The um I just didn't understand that. I thought it was quite it was too too hectic. Just those two boys standing in a plinth just taking money <laughs> off people. Um do you know what they're doing this this movie quite a, few, a couple of times and I hate it? It's that yeah. whole thing of having a character like working a computer, but the screen is like a movie, so like they're trying to t- they're trying to tap in like key of what's happening on the screen, but they don't. They're just bashing away and stuff's happening on the screen, like like a password's getting added in and it's not to the the click of the, the how they're typing. Yeah. The, then it's just annoys me. Do you know what I mean put the work in, learn what's going to happen on the screen, and practice it? But that would probably take quite a bit of time for such a short scene. Well, put the work in. <laughs> uh, Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac is in this yeah. as himself, and Frank Zappa's son, which I, I, I didn't know any of that. I've watched Burning Man at least twice a year since I was a wee boy. Way more than that, but obviously as I've got older and started watching other things, I don't watch it as regular, but I never knew that until the watch for this. Because obviously I don't usually sit and watch movies now you MDB at the same time. IMDB. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about the kind of rapey vibe that's through this movie? Uh, Specifically in a couple of... I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> 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 what answer are you expecting there? I fucking love it. The, do you know what? The, the only thing that's wrong with this movie is there's not enough of a rapey vibe. Specifically, in the, obviously, the scene at the end where Dynamo comes out. I don't even know how he gets his fucking trousers off so quick, but he's just lying there in his Christmas tree top and he's tighty whities trying to bang the uh, trying to bang the lassie. Now, the, also, there's a there's a scene where um, uh, she he's trying to get. Uh, this is at the start before they even get the running man when Arnie's trying to escape he takes the, the, the lassie and she's like I don't know where she's from originally like South America I think and she's like why would I go with you and he's like because I'm going to say please I'm like ah Arnie and his implication because she knows <laughs> that he's massive and she's got no chance <laughs> she says no to him but then later on when when for some reason the, the South American lassie I forget what her name is I didn't write it down anywhere um, when she's in the building that the running man happens in. I don't know how she's got VIP access. Her and her pal stand at the vending machine. Uh, and and her pal's like, and they walk past because they walk him past and he's huge and he's handcuffs and that. And her pal's like, he could kill you or rape you or kill you then rape you. I mean, what would stop him? And then the two of them look at, look, they look like they're aroused by the notion. 
And then, like, a pal looks more aroused to but they're killing the rating. But the main woman definitely wants pump. Like, fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It is Arnie. I'd probably let him. I'd rather, I'd rather him or Jesse Ventura were banging me than Dynamo. It's one of these It's one of these things when you get to modern world and you, and you do try and kind of move around situations without suggesting that you know that um, guy powerful strong men are able to just take what they want because obviously they're not like the me too yeah. generation you know they're not but you also have to accept that women enjoy getting pumped <laughs> so <laughs> maybe maybe some people are any big strong guys who could rape you if they wanted to however they're not raping you because i'm letting you do you know what I mean? And, uh, I think that is only in the 80s and I don't think anybody <laughs> actually wanted it. I think it's just because it was just the, that that's how it happened that people just lived with how awful that was. Yeah, I don't think at any point there's no, anyone going, hmm, I would love to get raped off that <laughs> oh, big no. handsome chip. That's what, I'm tr- that's what I'm trying to say. So, so the... In the, mo- the movies like this, they, 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 they got the female characters to portray looks and actions as if they... You know, were like so fucking smitten by just the appearance of this guy or the power of this guy that yeah, they would definitely like have sex with him, and that gives you the impression that that you know guys can take what they want. And I get that that's over 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 the years, fucking idiot guys have, have have pushed that to the point that a whole bunch of guys are in power are rapists, right? That's we know that's the case. We've seen it happen, um, but also you need to accept the fact that women are strong independent characters of their own and are able to decide whether or not they want to have a pumping by powerful men so that's up to them so maybe they did want to however a lot of movies depicted that all women wanted is that am i like see this is why i need to write things down i get any, I, I, I give myself any holes and not good holes right <laughs> there's all a point yeah 80s, right, you're just movies, running after it I, 80s movies suggest that all women want pumped of guys so not all women want pumped some women want pumped but not all women want pumped is that what it is is all 80s films suggest that because all 80s films uh it's guys that love it so i'm watching our man i want pumped off arnie i'm watching universal soldier i want pumped off sean claude van damme you're watching under siege you want pumped off fucking uh steven seagal i don't know it's the guys nobody wants pumped off steven seagal especially now man have you seen his hair a fucking brillo pad uh, not no that he was in fact no I know he was only handsome early mid 80s wasn't he and he thinks he's a policeman now have you ever seen the Steven Seagal cop show yeah every time he comes to town they just it's like they give him a badge where oh you're an honorary cop but they probably give to all the children except Steven Seagal <laughs> walks out with a camera crew and uses that badge to pretend he's a policeman I don't want to I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth especially not um celebrities because uh, it's, it's slander but I wouldn't be surprised if I've ever seen Steven Seagal be a Blue Lives Matter kind of guy oh yeah obviously he, he is he is a cop as far as he's concerned as far as he's concerned uh, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's all guys that were buying the movies so obviously the, it, the women are are our in a, in a weird way when you're watching the film, you're the woman because you're looking at definitely me. I'm looking at Arnie so dreamily, like, oh, he is a big, handsome man. I would never be able to say no. <laughs> like, I could never stop him. Yeah. Uh, because women don't watch these movies because they are portrayed as idiots and just fucking, they are just wanting pumped all the time. 
Yeah. However, she she does get put into a jumpsuit and sent in. Um, and she's kind of she's almost badass. She is badass eventually. Which is unrealistic because Jesse Ventura would probably bar them both. He would. I'm saying Joe Jesse Ventura wrestling videos and you'd be like, no, he would he would well win. I've got a couple of couple of uh, comments to make on the actual running man game itself. Now the intro tunnel part would be mm-hmm. great fun. How how big do you think this studio is? Because um, see, when they go through the studio to the, the bit where they're actually running, that is a long fucking track. And that is at high speed. So technically that bit is like a hundred miles away from the studio. It seems a bit <laughs> daft. Especially when, obviously, at the end of the movie, he ends up in the studio after travelling a hundred miles. I think you just know how they're turning in circles, I think. But also, if you're in the studio... Right, okay, you might get the chance to be the one person they pull up onto the stage and win hundreds of prizes because they do seem to win a lot of prizes. But see, after they go shooting at the tunnel, it'd be kind of shite. Because no, they're not there anymore. You could, you could watch it in the house. Aye. Is your connecting theme between this and my cousin Vinny just suggestions of rape? <laughs> no. Oh, no. It's actually women in jumpsuits who wore it better because <laughs> if we go back to my cousin Vinny we can talk all about uh, Marissa Tomei in that uh, flowery jumpsuit with the zero we back can, in the boots we, we can't however talk about who wore it better because we've just opened this show we were quite in a, a, a strong progressive statement and now we're going to judge <laughs> who, oh, yeah, who wore the yeah. spandex suit better so let's just say they both wore it to the best of their capabilities both women looked gorgeous but only, only one of them won an Oscar. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Marissa, to me, is, is beautiful. She's still beautiful. She's smoking. Even though she looks a wee bit like Robert Smith for The Cure. She No, she's now um, Peter Parker's Aunt May, is she not? I don't think so. Is she, oh, and uh, the, uh, the newest one. Tom Holland one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think she is, actually. Yeah. I thought you meant the Tobey Maguire one. It was like, no, that woman's old as <laughs> yeah, no, shit. <laughs> It's actually Joe Pesci that plays Aunt May in the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Because he is old as shit. Um, there is actually loads to talk about in My Cousin Vinny. Like, loads. Absolute hundreds. Like it's like Talk all, about it then. Right? The foreshadowing at the start with the first time when they go for breakfast and it's like the menu is just breakfast, lunch and dinner. He's like, what do you want? They look at it for ages and go, breakfast? He's like, you think? <laughs> <laughs> Then they has uh, grits. Like I've tried grits before, but I don't think I've done it right. I put it in a bowl like porridge. Um, uh, so what did you know do right? Did well, you, you're supposed. I think you're supposed to put it in a, your mouth. You're supposed to put it in a plate where you like baking eggs. I know, but you can have no. You can have it as a side with anything. We had it in New Orleans, and it tastes fucking rancid. It tastes like a dessert. What's the dessert you used to get at school? Semolina. It sounds yeah. That, I was gonna say it sounds like salmonella. That one. <laughs> that's that's what grits taste like. And soon you're eating it with like. I can't remember what we had it with, steak or some shit. Uh, but it it, it's, it tastes like you're eating steak and ice cream. It's, it's like a weird dessert texture. But they put syrup in their chicken and waffles, so no, that's, that's why they, I mean, they do have an obesity problem in the United States. That's not judging. He's a, you're all fat as fuck. <laughs> so are we, though. We're getting there. Um, but... That's that's the thing. See, it's weird as well though, because see, because there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of greasy, disgusting food in America, right? Mm-hmm. But 
Also, Americans seem to think that their food's delicious and that our food's crap. But our food's great. If you know where to go. You love KFC though, you love fried chicken. Fucking love that's fried an American chicken. thing, I know, isn't but it? I love it. See, see the bar in here where he, where he gets the fight with the guy that's um, hustled um, Mona Lisa and needs to get the $200 off him. That bar's called yeah. Pool and Chicken. That just sounds like the best bar ever. I did actually think, uh, I remember to be note Pool and Chicken. Ask Scott if everything obviously goes tits up during this, which it is. Uh, and at the end of it, maybe we end up both unemployed. Do you want to open up Pool and Chicken? Yeah. Because it what, doesn't matter. What's the risk? Got nothing to lose. Let's let's do pool and chicken. Pool and chicken. But we could mix up and actually have it like a there's maybe a wee tiny dive pool, uh, and it's actually like pool party and chicken. But you, know, you <laughs> can swim after eating chicken. You gotta wait forty minutes. It's quite complicated. Uh, However, there will yeah. be loads of venues. I think after uh, coronavirus, the lockdown eases up because everybody went into business. So this is a perfect time to capitalize. To do it, think we should do it. Because then we can be selling, we can be selling your hot sauce. Yeah. On the bar, obviously with bloody Marys. Mhm. Shit like that, selling your hot sauce. Uh, I don't. In fact, we probably shouldn't have a pool in it at all. No. Just because, obviously, uh, the whole Michael Barrymore thing and that, like, people can die in pools. Yes, so, this is this is true. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just make it actual pool tables. Although, should it more be snooker? Because it's in the UK, snooker and chicken. I don't know. Does that work? Snooker's super boring. It's pretty much the same as pool. No, it really isn't. It really, really isn't. You are essentially hitting balls along a table. No, it's completely different. Do you have a stick when you are playing the game? Do you use that stick to hit a ball? Does that ball hit another ball? And is the aim of the game to get a ball into the pocket? Yes. Do that's like saying football and American football are the same thing. No, it's like saying do you, do you and have, archery are the same do, thing do you because have, you're throwing you something at a target. Do you have two teams on the, the field? Yes. Do you have a ball? Yes. Is the goal to get the ball up one end of the, the park and into the scoring zone? Yes. Football and soccer are the same thing. Well, they are technically... The, 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 the crux of the game is the same. Right, so the crux of snooker and pool is the same. However, the enjoyment level for bar time <laughs> snooker is not a fun game. Is snooker not... Yeah, maybe... But you can do longer tournaments with snooker and then keep them in your bar for longer, therefore buying more chicken, right in the table for longer. Maybe they're making more money. No, people are getting frustrated and fed up. Pool. Pool and chicken. Keep it simple. Right. It's a long conversation just to settle on. Let's just actually call it what was in the movie. Yeah. Cool. I like the uh, so, so when it starts to get to court so the, the whole crux of the whole movie is that Vinny's actually never been in court before he's he, he went to law school eventually passed the bar and he's just not had any time to practice and be hired by a firm because he's trying to make money working at more or less his family's garages when he gets in this is his very first time in, in court uh, and he's like the, the arraignment he doesn't know how the arraignment works and he's like, supposed to just say guilty or not guilty and he just keeps trying to explain why like his clients got there in the first place and he's then the judge is ragging on him uh, and he's like this first time he gets held in contempt of court and he's like ah, the next two words are your mouth better be guilty or not guilty you'll be held in contempt of court and he says I think I get the point it's like no you don't contempt <laughs> <laughs> of court but then it's also when he's like when they say to him you knew you could you knew you just had to say guilty or not guilty do you knew you could, I mean they, they were going to trial and he's like because uh, they thought maybe they could go off it without even having to go to trial and he's like you're an Ella fucking Bama you come from New York. 
You killed a good old boy. There is no way this is not going to trial. It's like it's just the part of the best lines because it's so true, probably, which is also maybe racist towards the south. But then the no. south, the south, make their own problems. <laughs> See, driving through the south last year on our trip, that I even felt uneasy, and that's coming from a white man. That's like nothing's going to happen to me, apart from maybe the fact that I was a foreigner and they yeah, hate them yeah, as well. Yeah. Back the way you uh, came. <laughs> the, but uh, I genuinely felt uneasy driving through. I can't imagine what it would feel like driving through as like what they what the police could maybe perceive as super foreigners like Italians or somebody with an accent more than ours let alone black people but I, me and Lena definitely felt it and you turn on the radio and all it's talking about guns and uh, like yeah, a it's, lot it's of kind of Christians like fundamentalists because it's the, it's the yeah. Bible belt in it which is terrifying there's nothing fucking scary than a Christian fundamentalist who is armed <laughs> fucking metal absolutely <laughs> metal uh, and the fact is in Alabama you probably would actually lose your hands if you if you stole a can of tuna <laughs> this movie could actually have worked without the clerk dying this whole thing still happens just because he stole a can of tuna and that's I think that in my head I always, I'm terrified that there's laws that I don't know like you spit chewing gum out and that's it you get 15 years <laughs> because you've littered God's country and that's worse than like fucking uh, armed robbery terrifying that is God's country. Well, is it? Yeah. There's a song. There's, there's a song. There's a song. There's a song. Uh, currently, I think it's Blake Shelton. It's God's country. And I was going to like sing a wee line for it, but uh, I can't remember it. I've not listened to it in a while. It's something about uh, like put me in a box and bury me six feet deep in God's country. <laughs> If you want to listen to that song, just tune out to Scott Liam uh, versus Evil playlist this week because when Scott finds it, we'll obviously be adding that in. <laughs> uh, so was that your was that your Lincoln theme? Just girls in, in spandex? No, no, I do have a better theme. Right. Uh, it's just it's such hundreds of hundreds of great quotes when uh, when it's when he when he says when Vinny says I'm going to go and try and butter him up and try and see if I can get looking at his files maybe if I if I go hunting with him I can schmooze him and he'll give me a look at his files and he comes back in and he's like oh he just gave I asked him and he just he just faxed him all over he gave me them all and she's been sitting reading the law book that he was supposed to read for like the state of Alabama and he's like oh yeah so he just he just gave you files that was awful nice of him and he's like yeah yeah just give me it she's like it's called disclosure you dickhead just <laughs> <laughs> just never know she won an Oscar for real man it's so good. <laughs> So, is that all it takes to win an Oscar in your eyes? Just have one funny line that ends in dickhead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick Cage, if you're listening, that second Oscar, you know, you know how to get it. and we're, we all, we're all behind you, we want it for you. It's, that's it, that's it. I am, um, do you know, like, my notes fully are just, are just quotes. I'm going to do another one, right? When he's got, <laughs> he's got all the, uh, I love it when he's got the, uh, the witnesses on trial. And he's got the kind of proper hillbilly guy who's like seems as if he's quite low intelligence. And he's took all the pictures because he's went to interview him. And he's like, "What? What, what are these pictures of?" He's like, "My house and stuff." He's like, you know, "What's up? What's all this uh, stuff on the window? Dirt." <laughs> and what's this <laughs> brown mucky thing outside in the window? Scream. <laughs> what are these? Trees. <laughs> and what's on? What's on the trees? What's all these little green things on the trees? That's all right. Just shout it out when you know. Leaves, <laughs> and it's just, and it's just so, so good, man. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. 
jumping back over to the running man, it's very, very much like today's society. Because see the bit where at the very start, obviously the, the crowd get asked, who do you want to go out there next? That old woman says Sub-Zero. She picks him and he dies instantly. And that woman is never, ever brought to justice for killing that man. That's entirely <laughs> her fault. That old woman causes all of that. She could literally have said, no one. Now, obviously they went to somebody else. Obviously, you need the whole crowd to say no and they're not going to. But she picked Sub-Zero. Did she pick Sub-Zero for racist reasons? Probably. We're in the South here. Uh, she picked Sub-Zero. He died and nothing happened. Nothing. And also, the the girl thing. Her, when they're trying to portray her as a bad character to all the crowd, they say that she's probably had sex with like two to three men a year. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really? Like, the way I'm talking now, I probably have sex with fucking two to three men a year. <laughs> like, that's, that's not bad. And they're really portrayed, like, terribly. I also think? think it's still crazy that people can be judged on how many people they've slept with. That that's still an actual thing that people, like, hold against others and people can feel shame about in themselves. Like, fuck's sake, man. I know, it's just pumping. It's fine. There's, um, I wonder, like, when Sub-Zero gets killed, I wonder if they've ever seen a gladiator get killed before. I don't think they have. Which actually would make this game pretty shit to watch. Obviously the first couple of times you'd be like, that, that was cool as fuck. But then after a while you're like, right, we're now literally just watching someone die. Like th- Every time you know who it's going to be. You know it's going to be every single time. The, it's obviously always kind of murderers and killers and rapists and stuff like that. And this is the first time that it's been proven that it was that they, they used somebody who was like falsely accused and falsely imprisoned and it was like shown to them. And obviously they were against that. But again, it raises a whole lot of moral questions. Like, so why are you okay like killing somebody who's maybe been caught committing a crime? Mm. Like, why why is it okay? Why who's who's anybody to decide that one person deserves to die over, you know, or live? I think that's what it's doing. Isn't it? It's taking that and showing you and going, this is fucking stupid. And it's essentially a game show. It's just we're we're watching it from newspapers and headlines rather than actually sitting at the TV watching people get convicted rightfully or wrongfully and then getting killed people would watch it there would be an initial shock right just imagine that it started and it, and it got to run people would watch it like they would initially would be like against or there would be outcry and there would be a, a rage against it but a lot of people would sit down and watch it especially if they would just believe that these people deserve to die yeah 100% watch it I think they should do it with Big Brother so see all the folk that actually want to be in Big Brother cool let's get a series one night, just get a producer to go in, put a gun in the middle of the floor. Say that, say there's 10, 10 housemates, put nine bullets on it, so you need a 10 bullet gun, a nine bullet gun, leave it in the floor just with a note saying only one of you are going to get out of this, you have 24 hours, and then just that is what you watch, the carnage. Yeah, what I'd happens. love. I would always say that, like when they used to have Big Brother. I, I wish they'd like properly, like had a day where they wake up and they're kicking about the kitchen doing normal stuff, and then just nothing works. Like none of the doors are unlocked. They can't get in the diary room. Nobody speaks to them. Nothing happens, and they don't know what's going on. They just to see how long it takes before, like they give it. And if and and they, they put proper rules against like, you. If you walk out the fire door, you cannot win the money because you know when you got close to the end, the drama, attention seeking cunts were all just powering out the the yeah. things and just making a mockery of the whole situation see if they properly believed that if they were walked out they would lose like straight away you would lose and you can't get back in and, they, and it was for the money not for the fame like I'd love to see an actual human experiment watching people like start to freak out and think something major had happened yeah 
Um, there's a, I've got a quote here, right? I don't know when it is, but it's, I think it's something to do with, uh, with Dynamo. It says, hey, Christmas tree. Then, then he electrocutes her tits. <laughs> <laughs> so you called Dynamo her? <laughs> what is Dynamo, actually? Because Dynamo could be a progressive character in this. Yeah. It's not entirely... It probably is. They've just missed it. I think I think Dynamo has electrocuted the South American women. I think that's what's happened to you. Unless oh, he's right. electrocuted his own tits. <laughs> I thought she electrocuted his tits. Did she not kill him by electrocuting? Yeah, but I think that's I think that's later on. I don't think that's at this right. point. Obviously, we're jumping about Scots. I don't really know where the fuck yeah. the notes are. Oh man, right where are my notes now? Yeah, he's taken out three gladiators already, and they have put him in at hundred to one. They are going to go bankrupt. Yeah. <sighs> Been nice to just stick a wee fiver on it, but won't it? <laughs> Do you know what as well, right? They're running about, right? They've been dealing with all this terror that's been happening, watching people get murdered right in front of you, and then she's scared shitless when she sees a skeleton. <laughs> there is something inherently scary about skeletons. Do you want to know what else? How do all these characters have enough time for their one-liners? I know. In such a terrifying actual situation where you are fighting for your life. Like, what is it? Is it just got a couple it, of wee quips in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fireball comes in. How about a light? <laughs> and then after he gets killed, I think one of them goes like, what a hothead. <laughs> I wonder if Arnie wrote them himself. Well, or I, if... think, I think he definitely had he put the, the cigar in it himself, but I was wondering if, because if, at one point he says, hey, when he gets shot in the tunnel, he says, I'll be back. And this was after Terminator. So I think he, I wonder if he chose to put that in or if... You, you wonder why he was allowed to? Because surely, like, I'll be back as the Terminator thing. You can't yeah. even just do it in every movie because yeah. it then takes it away from the Terminator. Yeah, you just watch anime movies, just wait to see him. Yeah, he said it, he said it. <laughs> Conan the Barbarian, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Will you, Conan? Uh... <laughs> right, so there's, there's this part, right, where the... Um... Where she's managed to get the the raw footage of the helicopter that they managed to they edited to make it look like Arnie had actually killed all the civilians, but that was the false, uh, the false uh, imprisonment. They, they, they falsified it from. She managed to get the raw footage and she managed to hide it. And somebody, when she brings it out at the end, someone says, "Where did you hide that footage? None of your business." <laughs> Upper Fanny, that's what she means, right? <laughs> that's what she said. It. <laughs> that's exactly what it's been. <laughs> Which is like None of your business of sounds way better than up my fanny. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have took the, the, the running man from like absolutely amazing movie to the best movie ever. Because <laughs> surely it's just like we hamster pouches, you know? You can just store quite a lot in there if you wanted. I don't know. Oh, I don't know how it works. I cannot believe you just said I think it's like we hamster pouches. That's the worst description of a vagina I've ever heard. And I've heard lots of vaginal descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> um, hamsters pouch that's <laughs> fucking awful <laughs> also I actually can question uh, your feelings towards that have you got a hamster is uh, it I, safe no I, no I used to but not anymore do you fuck it to death <laughs> absolutely not right right it's your hamster pouch um, I've got to my notes here where, where the rapey uh, dynamo comes in she calls him dickless and he goes I'll show you dickless and then he's just got his trousers off. That's how fucking quick he's ready to go. To be fair, that... Uh, well, obviously, rape is fucking terrible and awful and you don't want it to happen, but that line is probably the best line to precede a rape because <laughs> it's it tells you exactly what's happening. 
there's a bit of humour in it, <laughs> which is fucking weird. And you're watching it, and when he does it, you laugh and go, "Wait, I'm, I'm, did I just laugh at the guy telling the woman she's getting raped?" And you're like, "That's awful." It, now, I mean, obviously, yeah, the 80s, you just laugh it off, but now it's like that is fucking terrible. It's um, yeah, it's it's problematic, Scott. Problematic. problematic yeah, that's it. It does have issues. Um, Arnie manages to get back around and send the, the the host of the show. Now, the host of the show is not in charge of the show, but for all intents and purposes of this movie, he is in charge of the show. He's also the face of the show. So he gets sent in the wee tunnel and he gets shot down the, the, the track. But there's no net to catch him when he goes down there, but it also flies through some billboard that's also just down in this arena and it just explodes. What exactly <laughs> on it makes it explode? Space spontaneous combustion. Just It just so happened that it right second he came out that so it was unrelated to the actual careering down the the roller coaster spontaneous combustion uh, do you, I've got a kind of final thought not a, not a summation but a final thought on this this dystopian world after but, they've destroyed the uh, TV show so by overthrowing the only thing that the people actually like to do watching that TV show they've ruined that TV show how exactly has that galvanised the people now they're all going to be bored as fuck and all become rapey as fuck. Which yeah. is, is what I took from it. <laughs> it's also quite upsetting because it meant Sub-Zero could never have a spin-off cooking programme because he was a professor, ice hockey player and a Japanese sushi chef. <laughs> so he could have he had loads of spin-off shows after this, but because of that old woman, let's not forget that the old woman caused this. She sent the first guy out. Yeah. Uh, we'll never, ever get... Professor Sub Zero's sushi show, which sounds incredible. Yeah. Or uh, Love Island with Dynamo. <laughs> <laughs> that took way too long to land there, Scott. No, I know. I was. <laughs> yeah, I clicked and I got it. It was. It was good. Uh, well, before we finish up on both of them, back to my cousin Vinny. I want to talk about the uh, at one point in the movie, Stan. Uh, the karate kid's pal says, I'm not going with, with any. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's going to get his like fucking put down for this because he's got to ask the wrong questions. And he goes, I'm going with the public defender, who's the the boy from a couple of 80s movies. I remember him specifically from Short Circuit, Johnny Five. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like talking as if he knows what he's talking about to them. He's like saying, I know what we're doing. This will be great. This will be fine. And then he stands up in court and he just like this big massive stutter just comes out in like nowhere. And he's just like, like, t- t- like, He's like trying to like talk like your prescription eyeglasses, and uh, and it's just and he just goes back to his, what, what, what was that? Oh, I'm getting better, <laughs> and it's just brilliant. And obviously then cuts back to because then he asks the wrong questions because it's like the boy asks about the glasses actually doesn't need to wear the glasses and just, uh, whatever. But uh, when Vinny starts asking the right questions and catching them all out, and it's all stuff. It's like he catches the one boy out with the grits. Catches, uh, he catches the pictures of the car, like shows the difference between the cars by they're getting stuck in the mud, which happens earlier on in the movie. Like all the uh, all the foreshadowing in this movie is is all done systematically throughout it. There's nothing in this movie happens by accident. There's nothing in it that's filler. Every single bit is to 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 heart back it, and he learns everything to win the case, like from being in the town. And it's just, I think it's just so so good. It's it's a clever comedy that comes in at two hours and won an Oscar. I can't think of any other film really that falls under that. Yeah. That description. 
Also, um, at the end, when Mona Lisa's showing all the pictures she took, there's one of uh, Joe Pesci in the shower and he's behind the shower curtain, but you can see his massive bush. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the karate kid can cry on cue. Is that you, like, you as agent? <laughs> yeah. or... No, he just cries at the end. I'm thinking, you know what? That's the mark of a good actor. You should have been in more films. But how do you know he cried on cue? Maybe he had maybe been dabbed on. Fake tears. No. Remember uh, One Cut of the Dead? Oh, yeah. And she's well, got I mean... a spray in her eyes. I'm not, I'm not saying you're not giving the karate kid credit where credit's due. You could be. But you could also be touting them wrongly. And if somebody's going to hire him thinking he can cry on cue, he's not going to be able to. He's going to go home and just really hate the day that he done the karate kid because, again, he just can't progress from that. Because he can't cry on cue and you've told him that he can. He appears to cry on cue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, cool. So do you want to give your final summations or how do you want to do uh, the end? Will we, just, will, we, will we sum up my cousin Vinny, then sum up Running Man and then I'll, yes. I'll tell you my theory of how they both link. Okay. Right, so my cousin Vinny, my final summation is that this is an absolute masterpiece. This movie is perfect beginning to end. Not one scene is out of place. Not one monologue or dialogue is unneeded. Everything merges for the full story and everything is connected. All the characters seem real. Even in some of the responses by Vinny when he's tired or stressed, he barely replies in one or two scenes and that is more real than have him shout or be witty. It comes in around, in around two hours but it flies through. It's well paced well acted and just hands down brilliant. I cannot think of a scenario where someone would say they don't like this movie or that they're bored by it. They're dead on balls, accurate rating is 5 out of 5. Uh, just when you said this is a masterpiece, the absolute flaws, I honestly thought you were still going to get a 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great. It's great. Every, everybody in this kind of hits it out of the park. It's, it's fun. The Herman Munster, Fred Gwynn thing just makes it that wee bit more special. It's a very clever, clever comedy and I would give it a four and a half out of five because it's, it's not one that's ever really made me laugh out loud. I like really enjoy it and kind of chuckle all the way through it every time I watch it. And it's always, it, it makes me feel good, but it's not a laugh out loud, roll on the floor laugh for me mm-hmm. uh, but yeah so four and a half out of five for that what are you saying that's a good score yeah it is and that's how it was actually when you picked my cousin Vinny it was like right you're always going with my cousin Vinny so why not let's fucking do it because it is a great movie obviously I could watch it and try and find the things that like I don't like about it just to come on here and wind you up but there's very very few things that are wrong with it. Like you say, it is, it's a well put together movie. The script's very clever, it's very funny, and yeah, it's great. I wish there was a My Cousin Vinny too. Not now, because Joe Pesci's really, really, really fucking old, but yeah. uh, a My Cousin Vinny too would have been good. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, so, The Running Man. Uh, I'll go first with okay. that if you want. Uh, the Running Man, I've already kind of said it, it's a massive part of my childhood which is weird but fuck it uh, I really enjoy it I think it, I think it's great I think most Arnie films are the one liners you know exactly what you're getting you don't need to think too deeply uh, okay at times they can be problematic looking back now but it's daft 80s action 
it does what it says in the tin and the dynamo character is fucking weird and so weird that it's actually it is comical when you watch it because you think was that cool in the 80s did people actually think well that is a cool character that is a cool villain possibly because of some of the characters were in wrestling at the time as well so running man i would give a four and a half out of five as well Well, for me this movie actually counts as a horror being written by stephen king or under the pseudonym richard bachman and if you've heard any of my previous lists you'll know that's enough to call it a horror (laughs) Uh, it's got threat terror suspense murder and brutal murder too uh, it was also as light-hearted dialogue and witty one-liners. There's foreign accents leading the way, and it's uh, there's an impossible happy ending. Not to mention a banging song, probably written only for this movie. Absolute outstanding movie that most people our age would have grown up aware of. It bridges the genres of action and horror, and it's a top entry. A solid four and a half head explosions out of five. I wish I'd gave my cousin a five because then that would be a double. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to do that because. I'm, well, I'm just, I'm just not, Scott. Right? I'm just not. <laughs> uh, and there you go. That is, that is the first time if you've ever heard the. In fact, you've not even gave it yet, have you? The link no. between them. Do you want me to link them together? Sorry. Okay. Yes, of course. I've been, I've been waiting with bated breath. Here we go. We have two movies that are actually the same movie, just with different scenarios and stories, different... plots, characters, yeah. names. No, just, just different environments. We have a main character who is not well-versed in the situation he finds himself in. Vinny's never been in court. Arnie's never been in The Running Man before. We have a guy guy who has thrust into this environment to save his two friends who are shouldn't be there or are innocent. Arnie's two pals that get pushed in as bait and Vinny's uh, nephew and... Uh, sorry, uh, Vinny's cousin and his pal who shouldn't be there. He's there to save them. The stress of the whole situation relies on the fact that he needs to do his job properly. They're also... Uh, got two strong-willed women who are ragging on them the whole way through and they both of them have got strong accents. Same movie. Do you know what? You take that's it? Actually, that's actually... <laughs> I don't have an argument yeah. for that. That is... See, between that and the the revelation that you really like subtitle films from a few weeks ago <laughs> that you think they're better movies, this... There's like society. There's a there's a shift in the tide yeah. just now. I'm growing. Podcast. I'm growing. I'm getting yeah. there. It's going to get to the point we can't actually do this anymore because there's no <laughs> point in us both agreeing. <laughs> Although I'm actually, it's because I'm kind of losing my mind a little bit more every day. It might it might go in reverse, and then I'll be the one that's throwing fucking uh, crime cater like crime capers into horror comedies. <laughs> Oh, Nuns in a Run, the scariest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, it might actually go full circle and then we need to stop this before it gets to that point because I can't, I can't have that in my conscience. <laughs> uh, so did you enjoy the the non-horror watches? That finally we get to just sit and talk about something that isn't from the horror genre. Yeah, no, I did. I did. I enjoyed uh, doing this for a change. I'm looking forward to getting back to to, um, to proper horror movies again. Um, Especially uh, right now episodes. when horrors, when horrors again, uh, quite big in the news because of everything that's happened at Cinestate, which I'm sure obviously everybody that's listening or a lot of people listening are in the same kind of groups and pages as us, uh, the the parent company that owns Fangoria. 
in Birth Movies Death, there's been uh, an independent filmmaker who's been absolutely Harvey Weinstein in it for the past few years. Or uh, I think a he's lot a of years. producer. Producer, uh, yeah, sorry. Producer, yeah. uh, what did that say? A filmmaker. Oh, a uh, producer. And apparently, allegedly, it's just came out also that the editor of Fangoria has now stepped down and deleted his Twitter because there's been an accusation that he's also been a bit. Uh, hands-on Harvey Weinstein with females in the past so we'll see how that plays what was, out what was his name? Uh, it's, I'm shoot past is it, is, it the boy, is it the boy from Shockwave's podcast because he's also now getting accused of harassing women is it Joe Goose something? no it's Rob, it's like Rob a, Galuzzo that's the one it's aye. a aye. Uh, so he's deleted his yeah. uh, Twitter and stuff so, so he was one of the voices on Shockwave's podcast who, who's now not on it anymore. Uh, That's quite upsetting because Shockwave's podcast uh, touted us as one to listen to way back in the early days. That's right, so they did, aye. Uh, they put it on the Blumhouse website, so that maybe we have to now re- release a statement as well. <laughs> Fangoria. Uh, Fangoria and Birth Movies Death released an excellent uh, statement about Sinistate where if you ever if you want to work together you have to actually make changes and you have to show you're making changes and you have to come out and you donate and it was that they they put them on the calls as if like this is a last ditch effort but i don't think fangoria and stuff will continue because how do you come back from that if if there's been a company hiding that kind of shit uh so we'll watch that and see how it goes it's a shame because fangoria were just coming back and uh it was good to see them back because it is it's, it's a great magazine to, to read digitally now because they don't do print. <laughs> uh, but obviously that will be absolutely kiboshed. Yeah, maybe something uh, so, you'll, maybe something you'll birth from the flames of, of this uh, situation. I did listen to today. I actually listened to the wee sound clip of the producer, like some girl, obviously who they're all aware of what he's been like. His his filmed him while he drives her somewhere, and he's just pushing and pushing to see her underwear, and then he just starts getting creepy and weird they're saying he's going to like finger her and make her come and all this and it's just like and she's saying no from the, she's not even like flirting with the idea she's saying to him no like no nah, I'm not doing that because I'm getting nothing out of it I'm not interested in that at all and he keeps pushing it and pushing it and getting more vulgar and vulgar and it's like did you know what I mean there's a, there's a full difference between like excusable not even ex- did, no, I, 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 I'm not going to dig myself another hole here but did you know what I mean there's a, there's a I, I, know what, quite, I know what you mean it's quite clear that he is being like fully out of order, CD and 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 de- deserves to be have everything that's happening to him right now. Deserve yeah. he de- fully deserves it from that small clip that I heard. That, that's what I would yeah. suggest. Um, yeah. But so, have you been watching anything else? Yes, uh, I. The world burns. I have watched After Midnight because I got my copy in today. Now I won't talk about it too much because I know that as as of recording, you haven't received yours yet. Yeah, three days yeah. after you fucking got it, I'm still waiting on it. We got the conspiracy. I think we all got our emails on the Friday saying that it had been dispatched, and I seen some people on Instagram get theirs on the Saturday, and then seen that Duncan got his on the Monday, and I got mine on the Tuesday. Now it was supposed to be released to the public on Monday, so getting it on the Tuesday. Sometimes you're you're lucky with a pre-order, you get it days before, and I thought we were going to get it on Saturday because we got that email, but I had to wait to Tuesday, which isn't a bad deal. But you're still waiting, and this is mm. now end of play on Wednesday so uh, hopefully you'll get it tomorrow but anyway I watched it today and I am over the moon with that movie it is brilliant 
great. I recommend people to watch it. Don't read the review. Well, read the reviews on IMDb if you want. They're from people who just want blockbusters because there's a lot of one stars on there. But mm-hmm. I fully got the movie and the payoff at the end, it got me exactly the way I think they intended it to because I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, oh, genuinely, I know what you're like. Watch spoilers. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah no, I'm not like, I'm not like, I'm not like saying mm-hmm. anything else. What I'm going to say is uh, Henry Zabrowski's in this this movie, and he's he's quite good. I think I think he's allowed to ad lib a wee bit because there's a there's a bunch of stuff in there that's like if you listen to the last podcast on the left, you know that that's that's kind of him. However, what I do want to say is that he's slightly irked me recently. Yep. I uh, do you know what I'm going to say? I, I don't, but I am in agreement with you for different reasons. But go on. <laughs> he, I usually am in agreement with everything he says and quite like the the way he goes on about his uh, aliens and UFOs and all the rest of it. But on the recent episode of my uh, last podcast on the left, it was the Madame Blavatsky episode, so it wasn't. It's been really re- relatively recent. He claims that uh, Tom DeLonge has bought his way into ufolo- uf- ufology, and that's why the To the Stars Academy has managed to release the government tapes that the uh, US government uh, had to come out and say that were definitely unidentified flying objects. I just want to say, don't don't diss my man DeLonge here. He has <laughs> done the legwork. He has been interested in aliens for fucking longer than me and Henry have been old enough to fucking know, because I think Henry's roughly about my age. To know what's what's going on, he back in 1998 he had a song. It wasn't just called "Aliens Exist for Little Green Men." He was referencing the, uh, the, the Majestic Twelve in that song. But on the Eureka Chronicles DVD, you actually see him in his library with all the books on how the pyramids are all lined up, how like all this like government stuff. He's got videos of like testimonies of government officials like saying what they've seen for stuff about Roswell and all the rest of it. There's, uh, they talk about how, Mark talks about how when Tom used to go camping out in Area 51 to try and see UFOs, he's big into Bigfoot and cryptids. Like, he's done the legwork. He's not just bought his way into ufology. So that's all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> so if you take anything from this episode... It's you've got Black Lives Matter and don't fuck with Tom DeLong. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I know there's just been a few other things that have been kind of annoying me. And do, do, have you listened to the last podcast audiobook? I'm not going to slag it because obviously the last podcast, I can't have a big reason why we've started podcasting, yeah. especially for me. Uh, and I, I did love it so much. Uh, back in, a, in the early days but the audiobook I started I reading it, book, it there's something weird about it but see because it's not recorded as uh, an episode so they're obviously not sitting together they're recording it totally separately so as they do their wee bits it's like every time Ben says something it just sounds like a like it's just a catchphrase it doesn't flow well with the book, whereas I think if you were reading it, obviously it would flow way better, or hearing them discuss it as a podcast rather than an audiobook, it kind of upset me a because I was like, oh, fuck. But now I've bought it an audiobook, I'm not going to go buy it on actual page book, mm. <laughs> an actual book, so I don't know if I'll stick with it or if I'll just sack it all together. Mm. Which is upsetting because a while ago, I would have read that straight away. It's just... It doesn't seem to be revealing anything new either. It's everything that's already been kind of discussed on like the first chapter, uh, Ted Bundy. It's been discussed in the documentary. It's been discussed in the movies. It's been discussed in the podcast. So, yeah, I was a, a wee bit, a wee bit disillusioned and disheartened with that. But I'm saying that, and I've not actually finished it. So maybe I should go back and finish it before I pass judgment because it could also then be fucking incredible. Yeah, this is true. 
This is true. Who knows? Do do uh, do the reading before you make the judgment. That's that's a yep. very adult way. <laughs> We're adults now, Scott. We're adults, We're adults. yeah. This is correct. Uh, so, me, if you want to know what I've been watching, which I'm sure you did, even though you didn't ask, <laughs> I've just been uh, catching up with South Park, which is all just so real just now mm. that I just need something that's just 20, 20 minutes or 25 minutes to make me feel a bit better, a bit happier. Uh, so that is the last of the group picks, uh, which after that last one, were you were you kind of siding that the group it was okay for them to pick now because no. they chose your baby, my cousin Vinny? No, I mean that's that's good that they did that, but no, they, they, they name it not again. It's not happening again. No. It'll be a long that's time right. before they're picking again. Tell you that for nothing. Well, any kind of eagle-eyed listeners out there will see that uh, we usually do it like every kind of five or ten episodes. So <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely used done choosing for at least an hour five. Uh, I don't know what over the next is, I think it's on your pick now isn't it in uh, fact no we do know I think we've, we've, we talked a bit off air about what we're going to do next so I think we'll, we'll run with that idea for a couple of episodes I also think we should look at um, getting some more some more guests on in the future uh, be it just um, like I was going to I was going to say you know I just like I was, friends or friends as guests like fellow podcasters I was, only gonna, I, was say, I was gonna say I was gonna say uh, non-celebrities. <laughs> 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 so, quite so so rude. So if you're Scott's friend, just know that he classes you <laughs> as a non-celebrity. Uh, the only reason we don't is because we find it hard enough to get a time to record together, and then when you try and incorporate like time differences or uh, Duncan's marathon running uh, yeah. into that, it gets quite difficult. This is true. Uh, but should we reveal what the next few episodes are? well? Are going to be kind of theme wise, or no? Yeah, we, we might as well actually because it would go in with this episode completely. Yeah. Uh, so we've decided that for the next few picks, uh, it'll probably be five. Cause that's the way we do it. But we'll see. Uh, we'll be back to Scott's pick, then my pick. Uh, we're going to pick movies that are either directed by uh, black directors or star black actors or progress the Black Lives Matter movement in some way. Uh, so it could be like Jordan Peele. It could be, various things but we just feel that like why not why not there's not at any fault of our own but a lot of movies that we choose because it's the same in horror are a lot of kind of white directors heavily white actors uh, and the only time you see black actors it's when they're like the first to die so we're going to pick movies that aren't like that and we hope you are game for that and enjoy it Yes. Yep, absolutely. Stick with us because we're all in it together. Yep. And the world will get better. On this together, abolish racism and cure coronavirus. On this together. Yep, and we'll see you guys uh, for episode 170. It's not 170 anything. <laughs> I don't even know what number it is. Uh, we'll see you for the next episode uh, next week. Bye. See you later. This is no game.